Thank you for listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help you win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, come and see us and join the Passion Church family. Visit our Facebook page or our website at passionchurchmo.com to find out more about us. You have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Jude. The book of Jude. Jude is giving instructions to the church to beware because there are a lot of people who preach the gospel with ulterior motives. They preach the gospel in ways sometimes that uh, they're doing it out of their own gain, their own desire, their own, uh, what do I want to say, their own uh, greed. They want things from the people that are under them. They want power. They want money. They want things. And so Jude is warning us of those things. And as he gets down to the end, he reminds us how to build faith. Verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Mm. This is where heavenly languages come in so handy. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. What builds faith? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in love, in the love of God, looking for mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And some have, and of some have compassion, making a difference. Verse 23. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now he's saying there's a lot of people who would lead you, guide you in the church, who will lead you into sinful activity and sinful living because it's not eradicated in their lives, and so they want to, to gather unto themselves a gathering of people who will be like-minded and say amen to their sinful practices. This is what he's teaching here. So he says, but if you'll steal away in your prayer closet and get built up on your most holy faith and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you and to direct you and to keep your eyes in the statute of the word and not in the enticing words of men, then you will find yourself in a place where you won't want anything to do with sinful practice. In fact, there's a very strong word here. You will hate. That is a strong word. It says, even or hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Or so be it. Yeah. In other words, don't pay attention to those who lead you into sinful practice, but get in your prayer closet, get the word before your nose, and pray in the Holy Ghost. Now you have the Holy Spirit living in you. Let him lead you, guide you, build you. That word there that talks about building up in your most holy faith, it builds for us in the original language like a stonemason who lays one brick on top of another with mortar between. That each brick that is laid eventually becomes mortified. That's what happens to our flesh. Your flesh is the mortar of faith. 
faith in this life. When your flesh dies and it hardens, it keeps your faith intact. So God said, like building a brick wall, let the Holy Spirit help you kill off the flesh in between each layer of victory, and pretty soon your faith is built like an edifice. Is that all right? If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. But look at this. I want to concentrate, if I can, on the 23rd verse. In fact, part B. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now, he starts that verse off with, in verse 22, with having compassion on people. And look what it says. And, and, and of some have compassion. What was Jesus moved with in the earth? What made faith work with Jesus? Compassion and love. Making a difference. We're supposed to make a difference. And Jude is reminding us we're to live a life that makes a difference. I want to make an everlasting difference, not only in Cameron, in my life, in my family's life, in everyone I come in contact with. So look at this. And others save with fear. In other words, approach this with fear, but pull them out of the fire hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Some people who have gotten caught up in the heresies and the teachings of these men who have their own self-appointed uh, agenda, you, you go in with fear and trembling of the Lord and save them by grabbing them and helping them out of the fiery furnace of sin and its affliction that will send them to a sinner's hell. And you hold on who have been in your prayer closet prayed up in faith because you have the ability to get yourself into such a place that when you look upon that, you don't despise the person, but you despise the condition the person is in, and you make the condition the person is in the war that you've come out to battle against, not the person. You're trying to save the person with compassion, but underneath, there's a war going on saying, I can't stand what sin is doing to my brothers and my sisters and my neighbors and the people around me. I'm sick to death of what it's doing to them and I'm ready to stand up with the faith of Jesus Christ and the power and the unction of the Holy Spirit to make a difference for them and to show them there's a better way and to lend them a helping hand and to help them to get up out of the place that they're so bound in and into the place of holiness and righteousness with God. We in trouble. So let's go back to the word that says Hating even the garment. Really, Jude? Hate? How many of you adults taught your children, don't ever use the word hate? Don't use, don't use hate, Johnny. Don't speak the word hate. Yet, Jude uses it here. I've looked it up. I know what it means. It means hate. So is there a proper place for hate? Oh, somebody got the answer quick. Yes. 
Well, Jude thinks so, and Jude's the half-brother of Jesus, and who walked any closer and observed his life any more than his half-brother? Lived in the same home, walked the same trails, was around him, even in the beginning when, when he first stood up in his ministry, he may not have quite understood, but by now, he's become a believer in the faith. He's seen the resurrected Christ. He's put his fingers in the nailed prints. He knows, he knows who he is. That word hate is the word miso, M-I-S-E-O. It means a strong, fierce Greek word. That's not what it means, but it is a strong, fierce Greek word. You're going, what? what does that mean? Helps if you read your notes before you say them. <laughs> now, this word carries the idea of hatred turned violent. The kingdom suffers and the the kingdom suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Look at this. This isn't mere dislike. This is radical, violent aversion to something. This same word appears in Revelations 2.6 and 2.15 when Jesus declares that he hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Jesus used the same word. It is a strong and violent word that says, I'll stand up and make war with this condition. Is this all right? Mm. It's not mere dislike. It's radical. It's violent. You see, what the Nicolaitans were teaching made Jesus nauseated disgusted and repulsed and he possessed a deep-seated aversion to how they were deceiving themselves and others by their sinful blend of religion and now jude having the same posture as jesus is telling us there are certain things that are not allowed and we should not allow and we should stand up and we should have a voice what's been wrong with the church in america for the last 60 years is we sat down and would not let our voice be heard but now god has opened a window for us to stand up once again and let the voice of god be heard there are some things that god calls an abomination and a sinful practice and god God hates sin and he hates what it does to people he loves sinners but he hates sin and so he has sent violent people into the kingdom to take out sinful practice with the violence of the savior mm. y'all looking at me you're nervous everybody looks nervous this word gives us the understanding that jesus has no tolerance for intentional sin. Mm. Mm. That's strong. Jude is telling us that we should feel about uh, how we should feel about allowing sin to rule and reign in our lives. It's the same feeling that Jesus has. We should despise allowing ourselves to openly live in sin. We should despise citing ourselves in such a way that the world can't tell us apart from their own activities. That if we represent Jesus Christ, 
in the kingdom, then we should be living a life of holiness and purity and strength. We should be living above sin. You see, there's a big lie that's gone on in the church for a long time that says we're all sinners and we're all going to sin every day of our life. But the grace of Jesus, ah, now that's putting the grace of Jesus to an open shame. Now that doesn't mean that we don't slip. In fact, the word makes it very, very clear. He said, if you make a mistake, if you sin, then the Holy Spirit is there to help you to get back on the path. The blood of Jesus Christ still shed for the remission of that sin, that if your heart is repentant and you come back to him, he'll turn it all around. (laughs) But if we go out with the attitude that we're going to live in sin and not be a repentive person and just do what we want to do, show up to church when we feel like showing up and not when we don't and act the way that we want to when we want, when act godly when we want to and not when we don't. God is saying he despises that. So when it comes to sin in your life or in the lives of others, you should have no stomach for it at all. In fact, your feelings about sin should be so strong that you possess an aversion and a repugnance for it. Jude tells us further that we should hate the garments polluted by sin. We should hate the garments polluted by by sin. You know that word garment is the word chiton. Chiton. That word chiton is undergarment. Underwear. Mm. Look at your neighbor right now and say, did you put on your clean underwear this morning? You knew this was coming. You knew this was coming. This is the picture that's being painted. Someone who puts on the cleanest, nicest garment they own so that they appear clean and right. But they don't change their underwear. They just cover it up. How many times did your mama say, before you leave this house, boy, put on some clean underwear? (laughs) My mother just bowed her head in shame. (laughs) See, I never know what's going to come out of that boy's mouth. (laughs) Come on, who got the in case of an accident speech? That's it. I'm not alone. (laughs) Yes. So here's the picture that's painted in the Greek language. Someone is always covering up what they're hiding. Always covering up what you can't see because sin is not just superficial. Some sins are superficial, and we can see on the outside the condition of your heart because of what you're doing on the outside. But some people come into the house of God dressed to the hilt. 
And they're sitting beside you and you're going, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I do these things. (laughs) (laughs) Things aren't always as they appear. Things aren't always as they appear. Look at this. Look at this. (laughs) So, they don't change their underwear. They just cover up what's underneath the surface. So, sin isn't just a superficial outward problem. It goes deeper. Sin isn't represented in just the outward condition of a man, but it goes deeper to the heart of a man. And if we allow wrong behavior and attitudes to remain in our lives unchecked like a man who won't change his underwear over time that moral decay will set in permeating and penetrating through the deepest hidden parts of the soul now think about the health ramifications of someone who won't change their undergarments think about it you might get away one day I want to get real personal here. You've gone a week without changing those. We're getting in trouble. <laughs> I heard that. Ugh. You know, you, 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 can you imagine someone who went two weeks and didn't change their undergarments? But now listen, now think about it. A person lays in those clothes and keeps those clothes on for an extended period of time, that will begin to cause the flesh itself to deteriorate. You understand what I'm saying? The sweat, all the things that that are built up in those clothes will begin to cause bacteria, and bacteria will begin to eat into the flesh. And it will become a putrid situation. And this is what Jude is trying to get us to understand. There are those that tell you that you can live however you want to, but don't you believe it. No, 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 no. You grab your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost and stand up to what you know is right and reach into the life of somebody and say, change your underwear. Well, maybe you shouldn't say that. (laughs) But maybe you should tell them, listen, I can tell there's something deeper than that's going on with you. And I just want to help you. I want to help you with this situation. Stop it. Your mind went to the wrong place. I want to help you. I want to help you with what's hurting you on the inside. I want you to know that there are those who aren't going to judge you. So you don't have to dress up anymore. You don't have to cover. You don't have to pretend. Just come and let us help you and have compassion and mercy on you and love you so that you don't have to play cover up anymore. How many understand this is a good revival message? Because we're going to help people win. We're going to help people get in faith. We're going to help people walk in truth. We're going to help people to come out of their closet. We're going to help people to come out of their difficulty. We're going to help people to be honest about their condition. We're going to help people learn that you don't have to wrap it up and hide it and hide off in a closet somewhere, but you can unwrap it and have brothers and sisters in faith who won't run out of here blabbing your condition, but hitting their knees, taking you by the hand in the word of God 
about showing you what the Word says and praying with you and helping you to eradicate this thing that's lying underneath, that's trying to putrefy your life as you're trying to live for Christ. It can be eradicated. And the violent who understand the power of Jesus will help you when the kingdom is suffering. You are in the kingdom of God. The kingdom is in you. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. But if the enemy is keeping you under wraps and he's causing you to hide things, then understand this. It takes someone violent with the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in and help you get free from that condition. All right, so here we go. Mm. So Jude one twenty three in the first part could read this way. When it comes to sin in your life or in the life of others, you should have no stomach for it at all. In fact, your feelings about sin should be so strong that you possess an aversion and a repugnance for it. Look at this. In the latter portion of Jude, you could read it this way, out of the original. And don't just deal with the superficial issues of sin by cloaking yourself with a garment that hides the true picture. Be honest with yourself about your true situation and be hard on sin, refusing to allow it access to the deep parts of your life. If sin sinks that deep below the surface, it won't be long until you are completely contaminated and affected by it. Let that settle for just a minute. You may have to buy a CD to get that. We don't want sin to just be covered. We want it eradicated. I, I dare say everybody in here at some point in your walk with Christ, there's been something in your life that you needed to deal with that you didn't. There's moments in my own life, in my walk with Christ, as strong and as long as I've been with him, that I'll wake up some days and go, you know what, my attitude about this, that, or the other just stinks. And I need to eradicate it. Some of us don't have necessarily a practice of sin but we may have an attitude of sin. And that's just as filthy as an act of sin. When you have a mental capacity to wink at others, or if you're just judgmental about everybody that walks through the door, then you're in sin. If you're putting somebody else down because they have a weakness in their life and you suddenly think you're better than them, then I'm here to tell you, you don't know nothing. <laughs> you don't know. You're pretending. You're a hypocrite, a pretender, someone who's acting out their Christian walk, not living their Christian walk. None of us are better than anybody else. None of us smarter than anybody else. None of us closer to God than anybody else. The only person keeping me from victory in Jesus is 
me. See, I didn't point to you. I pointed to me. And sometimes I live with people who really need to change their underwear. I'm joking. Just joking. Let's see how I did that diversion, got that off of me. See how that works? Let me finish. So I want you to understand today. I want you to understand this. Jesus, watch how Jesus treated people. He was moved with compassion. He took care of the ailment, the superficial. Hand out your hand. Be healed. What is it you need? Be healed. What was his final instruction to almost everybody he ever prayed for? What was it? What? What? So something about their condition had caused a problem in their life that was affecting their outer man. You can only hide it so long. When I get to heaven, I don't want Jesus to go, come on, I know, I know I'm being facetious. I don't want to, to approach the Father with a thought of anything hidden in my life. I want to come and I want to fall before him and say, Lord, I, I probably didn't do everything right, but I'm sure wanted to and I sure tried the best that I could. I, I, I hope that I aligned myself with the word as much as you needed me to. I hope and pray that I listen to the Holy Spirit because I don't want to arrive there having fooled a few people. And the Father knows the truth. I don't want to live a life that on Sunday looks holy and on Friday night looks like the world. I want to cut it off. I want to uproot it. I want to dig it out. Because if we don't deal with sin while it's small and superficial, it will become as much of a deeper problem. And it will complicate your life to a far greater measure. And it will absolutely contaminate you to the place that your witness is of no effect. Passion Church, Cameron's waiting and they're watching and they're looking and they need for us to be clean outwardly, but more importantly, inwardly. True heartfelt Repentance comes from the inside out. If I'm truly living for the Lord, the outside cleans up because the inside has been cleaned. But if I'm playing a facade, I'll dress up the outside while I got a little something, something going on on the side. And God's intention is whom the Son sets free. Will always be free. Who could say amen to that? Yeah. Amen, amen. Stand to your feet if you would. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to areas of contamination in your own life. 
Lord, am I contaminated in some areas? Am I, is my life really right? Or am I masking sin, covering it up, pretending? And will that sin eventually make me so sick that I'll need special attention? I'm going to challenge you this week to make a list of the sins that you battle with. And then to invite the Lord in to help you overcome and change those behaviors and attitudes. And then challenge yourself to begin to do things differently so you can be free for good. Father, we thank you today. It's never easy, Father, to admit weakness. It's never easy to admit flaw. Never easy to admit failure. Never easy, Father, to admit not quite where I really need to be. And yet, it's the honesty of this life, Father, that makes the difference for us. Because precious Holy Spirit, I don't ever want to hide anything from you. I know you know anyway. The only people I could fool is maybe a handful of people around me. But the truth is, I'm about as exposed as a man can be. And I don't want to just dress up the outside of my life so that when people see me, they think there's a good Christian man. I want to, I want to have a heart change. I want to change the undergarment underneath. I want to make sure that I not only for someone else, but especially for myself, Draw the line, Father, of miso or hatred for sinful practice and attitude. I want to take up the sword of Jesus and with the violence of the kingdom, take out the violence that has come against me. I want to find my prayer closet and build myself up in faith in the word and in prayer and by the death of my flesh I want it to become the mortar that sets the bricks of faith into an edifice in my life I don't want to play a Christian game I don't want to be plastic I want to be real I want to be honest I want to be holy as you are holy. I'm fully aware of my condition and fully aware of how much I need the Savior. So I'm going to ask real quickly, difficult as this has been, I'm going to ask it anyway. You're here today and you're struggling and you just want free. You don't care what anybody else thinks. You just want free. Now I'm going to invite you to come. And let us pray and agree with you this morning. 
I'm going to invite you to step out of your seat and just make your way to the altar. Cry out unto God. I'm not going to ask you what's going on. I'm just going to agree with you. I'm just going to pray with you. I want to be real. I don't want to be in one minute and out the next. I want to be real. I want to be honest. Saint of God, look at your life. Their attitudes, are there troubles, are there heartaches, are there hardships? Are there things that you're not letting anyone else know? If there are, this is your moment. This is your moment to say, Jesus, I don't care what anyone thinks. I want my heart right. I want my life right. I don't care. I'm not going going to be judged by others. I'm going to be judged by you, and I need you. I want you. I desire you. I don't want to play a plastic game. I don't want to be in on Monday or in on Sunday and out on Friday. I want to be in you. We're so glad you listened to this message today. Our goal is to bring hope, encouragement, and help you win, all about building God's kingdom. At Passion Church, we believe in community. If you would like to partner with us in prayer or giving, then send us a message on Facebook or through our website at passionchurchmo.com. We'd love to hear how God is impacting your life through this ministry.